All right, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. What's up, everybody? Over there's J.R. Parks. I'm John Lindeman, and this is episode 25 of the What Makes Us Human podcast. And today we're talking about what, J.R.? Mini golf or, or putt-putt. Two different things. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about putt I said we'd talk about putt-putt, and then I got into this, and I was like, okay, well, first we're going to be talking about mini golf. All right. <laughs> so how's your week been? Good. I uh, got to do some deer hunting yesterday, which is always enjoyable, and uh, uh, went and hit, hit some golf balls, tried out my new golf clubs yesterday. Ah, so pretty good all the way around. So what you're a, getting warmed up for the podcast. Yeah, you know. How about you? Yeah, it was all right. I'm not going to mention where I work, uh, but where I work, they actually, this is so freaking weird that we we're going to talk about this subject this week and, and at my you work decided place, this last sunday so a week ago yeah and then i go into work so i have this weird work schedule where i have every other monday off and then every friday off so it's actually fantastic but they're 12s so anyway yeah uh, but they they did this teamwork exercise which i don't quite get this but and they brought in these portable putt putt things they brought them in on a forklift and then unstacked them, and we all played putt putt at work. It was so weird. All right. So yeah, and I was just like the whole time I'm thinking, what in the heck? How does how does life line up like that sometimes? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's so weird. A couple of days before you're like, hey, we're gonna talk about putt putt, and then randomly your work was like, hey, you're gonna play putt putt. Yeah, and then they fed us lunch, so it's just totally nice. weird. Nice. Yeah. All right, so this is our last normal podcast because next month we're doing a Halloween extravaganza. Yep. And I can't remember if it's four or it five. Is, it is four because the last, there's four Wednesdays and we release on Wednesday. Okay, all right. And we, we record on Sunday. Yes. So that threw me off. But there's going to be four in a row haunting, frightening, scary podcasts. All right. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Halloween. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. My uh, my cousin and his wife today at, at uh, dinner said, uh, "Hey, we want to have everybody for Halloween party." So you know, certainly getting getting ready for all of that. Yeah, everybody. That's seven billion of us. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. All right. You ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. Golf started in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yep. I think it's Edinburgh. It looks like Edinburgh, but I think it's Edinburgh. All right. Yep. Um, I like to listen to the Friendship Onion, and uh, Billy Boyd is from Glasgow. And so, I, yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, way back in the day, like the late 1400s, so we're, this is way back, um, men used a stick, a bent stick, and a pebble, a round pebble, on the shores of Scotland, uh, to hit, so they hit this pebble around with a bent stick. In other words, they were really bored. And I didn't read about a hole. I guess they dug a hole in the sand somewhere, or just had some kind of marker that they tried to hit closest. That's to probably or how it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now get this. I found this interesting. You know, when we humans take up something, controversy is never far behind. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, we haven't had any of that in the past 18 months. Never. Um, <laughs> the Parliament of King James II, by 1457, 
banned this little sport because people, the men in Scotland, were not preparing for their military service. In other words, they couldn't do their push-ups because they, they were hitting this they pebble were just around playing them. golf. Yeah, or, the, did it have a name at this point? I'm sure it did, but I didn't come across it. Okay, and I might not have been able to pronounce it had I come sure. across it. So they were neglecting their military training because they were in kilts, knocking a pebble around with a bent stick, and eating what's that stuff called that's so nasty? Haggis. Uh, haggis. Okay. They eat that, don't they? Haggis and blood pudding. If you've ever eaten these things, please write in to us at wmhupodcast.something. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. We'd uh, love to hear I about think, it. I think maybe Hannah has tried haggis at one point. My wife, um, I, I could be could be wrong on that. I, okay. I don't remember, but I have some vague recollection of of that. She plays... Uh, she plays some Irish and Scottish music with uh, uh, both forms for, with people from with ties to those countries. Yeah, you know, on occasion. So there's stuff like that comes up. I've heard that and it's very good. Yeah, a lot of people play music and they're not good. She's good. She yeah, she is. She's yeah. she's talented. Uh, by 1502, so now we we've, we've gone from 1457 automatically to 1502. Okay. Uh, so we're in between the discovery of the Americas. And the Protestant Reformation, if you like that kind of thing, and I do. Uh, so by 1502, James the Fourth of Scotland, who uh, was from 1473 to 1513, he took up golfing. So he told the Parliament, "Screw your little edict. We're all playing golf." <laughs> now was he Scottish or? It's James the Fourth of Scotland. I'm not sure what they uh, called him in England. Sure, sure. I knew that was coming, and I forgot okay. to get his English. Yeah, uh, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. So, uh, well, that's it's funny how that works out. So many times in history, where mm-hmm. um, something gets banned, and then you know, not long after, the government's encouraging it. Biden almost. smoking marijuana or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, King Charles the First later took the sport to England. King Charles I takes the sport to England. Mary, Queen of Scots, remember her? Yep. Takes it to France as she studies there, and we get the term caddy from the French word, I guess they would say cadet, or ca- I said cadet. Okay. Because I'm from sure. down here. Sure, that's how it's spelled. Okay. Yeah. So you get the word caddy because of Mary, Queen of Scots. 1682. So we're moving forward here with golf because we got to lay a foundation. Uh, the first international golf match is held in 1682 at Leith, near Edinburgh. Okay. It's L-E-I-T-H. I'm going with Leith. All right. Leith. Uh, the Duke of York and George Patterson beat out two English noblemen. So, you know, that was a big honking deal for the Scots. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they said, Freedom! This is our game. This is our game, baby. 1744. Now we're really moving. The gent- So it took a while. It's like 60 some years later. The gentlemen golfers of Leith finally form their first club and start an annual competition with prizes. Okay. That you wouldn't believe. Okay. Prizes of silverware. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we that's a silverware is an old word. If you think about it, wares of silver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it wasn't forks and spoons. It was probably like a big uh, punch bowl or something. Yeah. 
You you, uh, you ever play much golf? Not not putt putt. We'll Negative get to that. Ghost Rider. Okay. The whatever is full. Yes, uh, I like putt putt. Okay. Yeah. I like to play golf. I'm not very good at it, but uh, um, it's it's fun to enter tournaments, and um, I've I've never won much of much, in, you know, more than maybe a, a hat or something, you know, those. Oh, you didn't nature. get the silverware. But I never came in like first, second, or third place. I've yeah. never. Yeah, I'm not that good. You never stood there with a butter knife at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, one last thing about 1744, where the gentleman golfers of Leith uh, handed out the silverware at the end. A man named Duncan Forbes, like Forbes magazine. Okay. He drew up the rules, and you can read. I read a few of them, mm-hmm. and they're basically unchanged. Okay. Yeah, and they're real fancy. So unlike Major League Baseball, which seems to want to change the rules and make new rules every year, and NASCAR golf is pretty much yeah, and golf is pretty much the same. Yeah, if NASCAR did golf, we, they'd all turn around and hit the ball the wrong way, and then flip the field at the end, and <laughs> and then have their palms red to see who won. Uh, no offense to our NASCAR fan. I, I, I <laughs> don't want NASCAR fan. I, I'm I, yeah, I'm only vaguely familiar with NASCAR. I haven't watched a race in years and years, so. And even when I did, I really didn't follow it. They like to turn left. Yeah, it's true. 1754, we're finally at St. Andrews. Okay. If you hate people doing accents, you're going to really hate this this episode, but it's okay. Uh, 1754, we're at St. Andrews, and it starts its own society of golfers uh, to have competitions. 1764, the first 18 hole course is at St. Andrews. Okay. And that's why that's, I guess that's the main reason that's such a, that's kind of the mecca of the golf. Yeah, it's sort of seen as the home of golf. And, you know, it's, you can still go play a course at St. Andrews. I I don't, is it, whatever you're about to ask, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to say, have they consistently kept up this course or is it? I'll tell you one thing, it's always really windy there. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. It's always so. I mean, I feel like I could. Well, I was gonna say I could drive like they do, but if the wind was behind me, I could probably drive like a killer. You know what I mean? Because it's really windy at St. Andrews. Oh yeah. Uh, King William the Fourth gave the club the title Royal and Ancient. Quote Royal and Ancient. End quote. Uh, in 1834, at the point it was only 80 years old, so it's not really royal and ancient. I mean, um, it would have seemed ancient to. People at the time, I'm sure. Maybe. And it becomes the world's premier club. So sure. there you go. William King William the Fourth really laid that foundation for him with that one quote. So what if he'd have said this place sucks? We might not have golf today. We might <laughs> right. not have putt putt today. That's right, that's right. Uh, in the US, the USGA, the United States Golfers or Golfing Association, yep. is established in eighteen ninety four. We're always lagging a little behind the homeland. Um, we were busy before that, you know, yeah, we were a little building busy. a country. Yeah. By 1900, there's a thousand plus clubs though formed in the U.S. Made it for lost time. And I wrote on my po- on my card here. I didn't see it anywhere, but I like history, and I think that's probably somewhat thanks to the train and the railway system and the golden spike being driven in 1869. Okay. Yeah. More more travel. Yeah, you can get around and golf. People are moving. Yes. Bringing golf with them. Right. Vacationing. Okay. Yep. Uh, and that was on, I just had to write this down. The, the Golden Spike was on May 10th, 1869, a promontory summit in the Utah Territory. All right. I did not remember that till you know, 
I saw it in Riverdale. I knew it was Utah, but yeah, I couldn't. That's about it. Couldn't have picked where. The Mormons were banging in that spike for us. <laughs> now, uh, we're going to talk about Putt-Putt. All right. All right, puttputt.com says that it was founded in 1954. Do you have any idea where? Hmm, New York, or no. I'm going to give you a good hint. It's this state and thank Army-Navy stores. Oh, um, Fayetteville. Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay. For 25 cents a round. Okay. All right, so I, I just thought that was a really interesting that it was here in our home state. Uh, where Putt-Putt got its origination. However, before we get to Putt-Putt, we have to talk about miniature golf. Did you know there's a distinction between miniature golf and Putt-Putt? I did not, because usually Putt-Putt places will actually say mini golf or miniature golf actually on their signs. Yeah, the distinction's kind of been lost now. Okay. They, they have kind of merged. Yeah. So miniature golf is you play the round in the same fashion that you play a golf round. So you hit your ball, yeah, and then I hit my ball, okay, and then whoever's closest, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But furthest away keeps yeah hits next. Yeah. But putt putt, you hit your ball till you get it in, and then I hit my ball till I get it in. Okay. Yeah. So it's really not a difference in the course per se, but more of how it's played. Well, okay. Well, there is a difference in the course, but we'll get to that. Okay. All right, the Illustrated London News ran an article on June the 8th, 1912, that spoke of Gofstacle, G-O-F-S-T-A-C-L-E, Gofstacle. Okay. That's the very first name given to this pastime, is Gofstacle. I felt pretty cool. I thought it was really neat that I bumped into that. I had never heard of that. Yeah, that's an interesting... uh Word? Made up term, I and guess. And it's not golf-stickle, it's golf-stickle. Okay. Uh, and, and they ran, so the Illustrated London News ran an article about people playing this weird golf-stickle. Now, I ran into a couple of dates that varied from 1916 to 1917, and one said 1918, about a little course called Thistledew. Okay. T-H-I-S-T-L-E, and then the word do, D-E-W, um, but in the Scottish tradition, the you know the men kind of called it thistle do. Okay. But it's a play on the words thistle do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it appeared in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Sure. All right. Our Pine hometown. Ho- Pinehurst, a very not our hometown. Our home state. Yeah. Yeah. Our home state. Pinehurst, a very um, well-known USGA golf course. And it was well-known at, at that time, yeah. believe it or not, even in 1916. Sure. So James Wells Barber, who was a shipping, is it magnate or magnet? I've heard it pronounced both ways. So so he walked around metal and it just went, bam, it just went right to him. But he's a shipping businessman from England. He loved to vacay in Pinehurst and play golf. Yeah. All right. But while building a home there, he sought out an architect named Edward Wiswell. Okay. And Edward Wiswell created a posh garden in his backyard, although I think it's more than just a backyard, a posh garden with a small golf course within the garden. So it's not a golf course that had a garden. It was a garden that had a small course within its boundaries. Okay. Um, Once it was completed, they both walked to the summit of the garden and looked down on the little golf course, and one of them evidently said... 
mini golf. Oh, Jared, you saw. Uh, no, one of them said this'll do. Oh, ah, yes. And so they they named the course this'll do, mm. like in a Scottish tradition. Okay. The course. Sorry, I did not put that. That's together. all right. I thought I set you up so good, and it was like, oh, he missed the layup. Um, the course was horrifically difficult. So okay. Whistwool did a great job. Was this when you say it was a small golf course? Did it involve so putt putt typically involves just a putter? Uh, that's my it's next just sentence. Greens. Okay. okay, yeah. It involved the use of a niblick. Okay. A niblick sounds like a 15th century dog treat to me, <laughs> but a niblick is some sort of what we would today call a nine iron, and you uh, you hit you had your initial shot with the little niblick. And then uh, you to make your tee shot, and then you putted the rest of the way. Okay, so it's it's an approach, and then and then yep. the green basically. Right. Okay. And evidently, in Scotland, when the women wanted to play, there was a small course made for them. I got to bring this up. I forgot. Um, and they they would use one of their husband's irons that he left behind because I think you can't just take every single club you own in your bag. You got to be limited. Uh, and then uh, like a niblick, I guess. And then they would putt the rest of their way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the longest hole, so technically that verbiage isn't right, but the, the longest shot was 71 feet at Thistledew, and the shortest was 12 feet. Okay. So I'm imagining it, the niblick wasn't used on the 12-foot shot, I, I wouldn't think. The course was sand, not the green carpet we all imagine. Oh, that's awful. But it's really compacted. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there were concrete obstructions even back then. So you'd kind of recognize a little bit of the colors different, but you would recognize some of the concrete obstructions more than likely. The holes were, were guided. Or instead of the orange beams that we're familiar with, with the putt-putt organization, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of the walls. Yeah. Uh, bricks were the walls. Okay. So they had bricks laid out. I've played, I've played some putt-putt places that had bricks. Okay. All right. Cool. The course was always private, but the public was absolutely fascinated by the news articles that were written about it. Okay. Since the public was fascinated, courses began to spring up, and they were called pitch and putt. Not putt, but, but because of the use of the niblet, Sure. they were called pitch and putt. Now, a man named John Carter created the famous Tom Thumb Golf Course because it was small. Sure. So. Uh, at Lookout Mountain, Georgia in 1927 where he had a hotel and Tom Thumb courses began to pop up all over the United States. Hmm, okay. Now that was in 27, so guess what put the kibosh on the Tom Thumb deal? The Depression. Tom Thumb went... Yeah. <laughs> now, the Tom Thumb courses, were those also... Do they still involve some kind of pitching wedge and nine iron or was those just putting? You got me. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure because of the tradition at the time it was still a pitch and putt kind sure. of deal. Yeah. Um all right, now later well no, not later. Thomas Fairbairn, uh known as a local golf fanatic, in nineteen twenty two, he came up with an artificial green made out of sand, cottonseed holes, dye, and oil. Okay. So now we get a little bit closer to the green carpet that's at Myrtle Beach. Yeah. When we play putt putt. Uh, after after he came up with that, all of a sudden, New York City had over 150, now get this, rooftop courses. 
Okay. Don't miss. <laughs> right? Things will go flying down to the streets. Um, yeah. Um, you're probably too old for this. Did you ever watch, because this is, this is the only concept I have of this, did you ever watch Animaniacs? A little bit. Okay. Uh, the the two hippos. That I watched lived a in, lot of Ducktales. Okay, the two hippos that lived in the city. Yeah. Okay. If you ever, if you ever look, you know, kind of in the overshots and in the intros to those, you actually see rooftop golf courses. Oh, that's awesome. On top of the roofs of presumably New York City. That's awesome. Well, after his invention, uh, you had all of the 150 plus of these things and tens of thousands of courses across the U.S. So this, I mean, it just went berserko. But by the mid-30s, it was all gone. Completely gone. Yeah. Uh, everybody's leisure money was gone. Totally gone. Uh, 19, so fast forward through the misery. 1938, Joseph and Robert Taylor from New York started their own courses. And they were the first people, Joseph and Robert Taylor in New York, First ones to incorporate windmills, windmills, castles, and running water, etc. All sorts of crap to knock your ball off the course. Sure. And kind of the scenery, the theming around it as well. By the 40s, they were in big business. Okay. All right, now check this out. By the time we get to Nam and Korea, um, the tailors were shipping mobile... Like I, okay, like I played at work. Yeah. Uh, mobile courses to the GIs so that they could play in their leisure time and, and ease their mind a little bit and do something different. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the 50s, so we're really moving now, a man named Don Clayton had created the Putt-Putt brand. Okay. I didn't know it was a brand. Yeah, I didn't okay. either. So all of a sudden now... You have a different game, uh, so people arrive at the at the putt putt course instead of pitching putt or what have you. They arrive at putt putt and they're like, "Oh, okay." So we we each play through, and then so I'll play through, and then Jr. plays through, and then Hannah plays through. We don't we play different than you play real golf. Yeah, so this is the first time I think you see that, and also it's a much simpler game. Okay. And so he incorporates, he brings children into pitch and putt with putt putt, and there's no pitch. And I think by the time you get to the GIs playing at mobile, there's no pitch in that either. Yeah. And that may be where he got his idea, but little children can play because the only obstacles are you're back to the blocks of concrete from the olden days in Pinehurst, and you just have little slopes and changes in elevation. Sure. You don't have the windmill trying to knock your ball off. But as we progress and get more modern, the the uh, miniature golf crocodile trying to eat your ball comes back into play with it. Yeah. Yeah. Make it more challenging. Yeah. So he used geometric slopes and shapes, orange barriers with the green carpet that we're all familiar with. Um, his first course, he built on a whim with his father. They laid out three-by-five cards that represented holes on their dining room table at home. Um, and, you know, 18 of them, obviously, of these three-by-five cards. And his dad said, well, we could, you know, they had some money to spare. And he said, well, let's try this. And for $5,200, okay, I'm getting ready to ask you to do some quick math. Great. But for, for $5,200, they built the course. They charged people a quarter to play. Okay. I think that's right. Sir, that might not be right in the 50s. 
I think it said they charged people 25 cents a round, and they made their money back in 29 days. Wow. So that would be 20,800 rounds in 29 days. So they're yeah. they bringing in 1,000 people a day. Holy smokes. Very popular. Dang. Especially when you consider you could go to the movies or something for less than that. Yeah, yeah. We should add something to Putt-Putt and get rich. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man. Um, oh, okay. And he wanted to call his first course Shady Vale. But he couldn't figure out because it was a, there was a shady area that it was in. Okay. So you wouldn't have sunstroke or what have you. Uh, and... He couldn't figure out if you spell Vale, V-A-L-E, or V-E-I-L. So his dad said, well, why don't you just call it Putt-Putt? And that's where the name came from. I thought that was neat. Interesting, yeah. that's uh, And now it's kind of it's kind of like Band-Aid. It's a brand, but yep. it's become so associated with this product, or Kleenex or something. It's I was just thinking Kleenex. So associated with this product that everybody just calls the, even the generic ones, you know, Put-Put. Band-Aid. Or Band-Aid. Yep. Or Kleenex. Yep. Or Xerox. Maybe. I hear Maybe. that one used less. Oh, okay. Uh, he ended up building 250 courses and had 108 copyrighted, copywritten holds. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. All right, flip the card. So in 1961, Bob Taylor, remember him? Okay. Don Clayton and a guy named Frank Abramoff, who was of Arnold Palmer mini golf. So evidently Arnold Palmer created his mini golf deal. Uh, They all got together and formed the first mini golf association called NAPCOMS, N-A-P-C-O-M-S. Sounds like something with the military. National Association of Putting Course Operators, Manufacturers, and Suppliers. So they had such a big business going that they needed a national um, organization to help with uh, getting all the orange beams and all the carpets and everything to everybody so that they could maintain their courses. Okay. Yeah, it shows a lot of growth. Yeah, absolutely. Now here in the U.S., the second Saturday of May, I did not know this, the second Saturday of May is always National Mini golf day. Okay. Um, and the sport is governed internationally by the WMF, the World Mini Golf Sport Federation. You ever heard of the WMF? I have not. Sounds like a wrestling. Does thing. a little bit, yeah. And I know what they would do with that, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> you, you get what I'm putting down? No. No. WMF. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, here we go. The WMF represents 40,000 players from 37 countries. Okay. European competitors have always won the championship. The European countries are so dominating in the mini-golf sport that nobody from any place outside of Europe has ever even hit the top 50th place. Wow. So if you're from the U.S., you've you've never broke 51. That's how good these guys are. They could go to Myrtle Beach and slaughter, man. Yes. And if you're unfamiliar, I keep bringing up Myrtle Beach because there's over 100 courses in Myrtle Beach. Okay. And when we go, we have to play. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I've i only been to Myrtle like twice. It's not, oh, it's, not, it's not really my 
thing. We go to North North if I, Myrtle. If I want to go, yeah, and is even you guys don't go to to actual Myrtle Beach, right? But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just not really my thing. But yeah, we we do play putt putt at the beach, whether it's Emerald Isle or wherever wherever we end up going. You know, we we do like to play. If these guys from way back could see May Day golf now, oh my gosh! I mean, you have like a real life, life size plane and a life-size helicopter with a working rotor right there at you while you're playing you got dragons breathing fire at the medieval place and the pirates i mean it's just crazy nope all the the zoo and the fake animals and blah 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 you know the colored water the really blue water that does not look realistic but um yep all right in the u.s there are all the u.s offers two tournaments now the Professional Putters Association has one, and the U.S. Pro Mini Golf Association has one. And I thought it was interesting that for all this, there's not one person on planet Earth that makes their income with mini golf. You mean people playing it? Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that it, as a sport, nobody yeah. does this for a living as a sport. Okay. Yeah. So shout out to my buddy Brian Shea. Uh, when, so when we go to Cherry Grove, a lot of times we'll, my wife and I will go with the Shays. Cherry Grove is extreme north Myrtle Beach. And um, so we'll take the Shays with us, and we'll spend a few nights each year. And me and Brian, on the first full day, if it's sunny out, we're there as they're unlocking the door. We're the first ones there so okay. that we can play the best out of three, and it's extremely serious. And he is hard as crap to beat, and I've All only right. beat him once. All right. Yeah, but so if I if I'm off, man, there's no chance. It'll be a two game, and he's done. You know. Yeah. He's really good. So shout out to Brian Shea. Very nice. Yeah, we uh, my wife and I are very competitive, anyway, with with pretty much anything, and that's one of the things that when we're playing, we're we're gonna be really competitive about serious. Who's yep? Who's gonna win? Yep. And that is what I had. On butt putt and mini golf. All right. As I was thinking about this topic, did you ever play the little course behind JR's here in town? I've heard of it. I've seen it from a distance. I've never. When it was there, it's gone now. Oh, yeah. I've never played it. Okay. See, when I got here, that little Mexican restaurant, LTO's. Yeah. It it was. I ate there once and it closed down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that putt putt course stayed open until maybe ten years ago. What really? Yeah, it you're was, kidding. No, it was open. Oh my god! Everything around it was closed. Okay. You know, the theater was closed. Now now Village Inn, the pizza place was still open. Okay. But it was like Village Inn, and the putt putt place, and that was it. You know, yeah. and it's it was a little sketchy by then because there's a bunch of empty buildings and stuff around. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we uh. We was that Newtown Theater? Yeah, that whole area was called Newtown. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It uh, it was we used to play it um, occasionally youth group things and similar, um, and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was fun. It was it, nothing was. It wasn't too difficult. There wasn't a lot of elevation and changes, but there were things on the course to make it make it a little challenging. Yeah, and like a lot of places, you know, if you get a hole in one on the last hole, you get a free game or you know that those kind of things. They got to dangle something at you. Yep. Yeah, like the like the eighteenth hole now. At, what is it? Swallows the ball. Yeah, but if you get a hole in one, you get a free game or something. Yep. Yeah. 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 A lot of places do that kind of thing. Yeah. They they had the same setup. It's almost impossible to get a hole in one, but if you do, yeah, 
So there's a place in Myrtle Beach where that you can play indoor golf because it's this huge volcano and you're basically playing in the volcano. Yeah, it's like blacklight. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And one of the, I think it's the final hole. If you get a hole in one on their final hole, you get free putt putt for life there. Wow. Yeah. So they're really confident you can't get a hole in one. Yeah, and there, there's people on the board with their, you know, with the old uh, Polaroid photo uh, photograph where they got one. Uh, yeah, Brian about got it. I didn't get anywhere close. He about nailed it, and I was like, "Man, you gotta be kidding me!" But luckily, <laughs> he did not hit it. Yeah, but, um, the pit in Mooresville has yeah. has a blacklight mini golf. Oh, really? Uh, I think it's pirate themed, if I remember right. Okay. Yes, they have an indoor mini golf as part of you know with their go kart racing and all that. But, That's an old factory that was turned into a go kart place, right? Yeah, it's an old factory that that yeah, it's got a. <laughs> They've got like 40 mile an hour go karts, so really fast, you know, go karts. And, um, you know, putt putt and laser tag and arcade and all, you know, they, yeah, they basically turned a, an old factory into a place to go have fun. So, you know what would be awesome? We're getting ready to talk about Halloween one more time. All right. What would be killer is to have an old factory where you could pay to go in to spend the whole night and it was kind of like capture the flag okay and all during the night you never know when they're coming you never know how many there's going to be but waves of zombies come to, i think somebody does this somewhere and the zombies come in and if they get all your flags you're out but you can make it all the way through the night if you keep all your flags I would be scared to death. You would. I, I mean, I don't do zombies. I've, That'd be I've, epic. I've scared you so bad, you practically passed out. You fell to the floor. So, and that wasn't really even trying. <laughs> I forgot about that. So it wouldn't take much. But no. uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a a number of years ago, some some people took uh, you know some empty factories around here and did some kind of haunted themed attractions yeah. at, at, at Halloween time. But if you were in there for hours, that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, that, that's a little different. Yeah, that, that oh, would yeah. be interesting. I'd probably pass out like 11 times. <laughs> so, all right. So there's Putt-Putt. There's Putt-Putt. I think, uh, I think you and I need to play some Putt-Putt. Yep. And with, with my luck, you'd probably beat me. <laughs> After I've talked all this up and played so much, I'd have a bad round or something. All right, so... so uh, so we are doing Halloween. We are. Yeah. Any idea what the first one is going to be? We've, we've kind of talked about the four, or is it going to be a surprise? Uh, we'll surprise you with it. We've, okay. We've, we've set our topics for the month, but we'll surprise you with which one's going to be first. Awesome. So look forward to that next week. Yes. All right, folks. Well, you can uh, reach out to us, wmuhpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media if, if that's your thing. Uh, at WMUH podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I personally think uh, social media is just a cesspool, but uh, you know, it's all right. But we need you to like and share yeah, what makes us human it, podcast. Un, you know, the world we live in, it's a ne- it's ne- it's necessary. Yep. Other than that, folks, uh, leave us a review on whichever pl- platform you are listening on, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week for Spookyville.